Why should you visit Kings Island? Do it because less time planning means more time for this. Do it to take a one-day family vacation. Do it to catch a serious case of the giggles together. And of course, do it to eat a funnel cake the size of your face. Because here at Kings Island, doing something just for the fun of it is all the reason you need. Right now, everyone pays kids' price. Kings Island tickets just $45 online. The world is always on. But you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. At Mattress Firm's Black Friday Now Sale, save up to 60% on Sealy with Queen Mattresses starting at $279.99. Talk to a sleep expert today and unjunk your sleep. This Week in History with me, your host, Dan the Viking. Now, to those of you who are on our Facebook group, uh, I think pretty much everybody got this one this week. Like I said, it was quite a simple, easy picture, quite a famous picture. And, uh, you know, I don't think anybody really got it wrong. And for those of you who haven't read the title of this show, this week's podcast concerns a man named Robin Hood. Or Robin of Loxley, or Robert Hood, or there are many aliases for this man. And the reason I wanted to cover it this week was I thought it's a bit different. It's uh, a bit of myth, a bit of fact, a bit of legend. Um, and something that's not really covered by many historians. And it's not covered for a, for a good reason. And the reason it's not very common or very well documented is that it's open to interpretation so it is quite a strange a strange subject and historians when they they talk about robin hood majority of historians know that realistically the story that you're told of robin hood is pretty much false however there are a lot of truths to the story and there are historical knowledge and historical texts that can be used to almost help with people's thinkings but they're not necessarily classed as historical fact and what these are written down as are type of ballads or songs and these date back quite a long way and this is where there is that that controversy in the story of Robin Hood before we get into that, I do want to just have a quick little shout out, um, and that is to a review that I've just had uh, recently this week, and you know it really has uh, put a smile back on my face, uh, considering the review we had a few weeks ago, um, and that is, it says here it's from American Shorty, or an American Shorty, don't know who you are, give me a shout out, uh, thank you very much, uh, and it just says, absolutely love this podcast, 
the History Channel in America advertised a History This Week podcast and I thought this was it. Now this is something we covered a few weeks ago, a lot of people did think that I was recommended by um, quite a famous historian, John Meacham, that's actually not the case. Um, but she has put, I'm so glad I found this instead. Side note, I did listen to the History Channel podcast and it is incredibly boring compared to this one. I love the open and honest delivery of the topics and I find his voice both interesting and engaging. Love this. Thank you, Dan the Viking. Well, thank you, American Shorty. I'm glad you enjoy uh, enjoy my voice. Uh, you want to talk to my wife about that? She gets a little bit pissed off with my voice. There's a reason she doesn't listen to this podcast and that is... Uh, that is something to do with it. So, thank you for that. Um, anybody else want to leave me a review? I'll give you a quick shout out next week. Uh, just to get onto iTunes, feel free to give me five stars. I appreciate any any feedback, anything like that. I really, really appreciate it. So, we'll get on with the story of Robin Hood. Now, for most people, Robin Hood is a pretty classic story. It's a story of good versus evil. It's uh, set in around the 12th century. And it's set around the reign of King Richard I, who who is more commonly known in Britain as Richard the Lionheart. Now, the reason it's set around this time is there are a lot of things going on in this country. And this is where later dates... Have taking it to this time in history. And the reason they've done that is because Richard I was, he was almost known as the absent king. Now, the reason for that is he was constantly out on the Crusades and he spent very, very little time in England. He actually died in France. Um, so, you know, he wasn't even in England when he died. He was, he, like I said, he barely spent any time in England. And whilst he was away, the country was ruled by a man named Prince John. Um, Prince John tried to take the crown towards the end and and failed. That's another completely new episode that I would love to cover, which is Richard the Lionheart. So that will be on a different episode. But when we speak of King Richard and we speak of Robin Hood, what we think of is Robin Hood is the hero of the story and he's a hero because he fights for King Richard and not Prince John. Prince John puts out these very high taxes and Robin Hood and his band of merry men go round robbing the rich to give it back to the poor. And that's the story that you're told. You know, Robin Hood and his his love interest Maid Marian. Now Maid Marian never actually is in the first ballads of Robin Hood. She doesn't actually enter the story until the late 1500s. Um, so she she is not part of the original story. Um, she sort of added in around the Shakespearean era, um, and that's something to bear in mind when we when we think about Robin Hood stories, because the original Robin Hood texts date back to around the 1300s. So realistically. The time frame and the period that you are taught about or learn about with Robin Hood is false. You know, it did didn't happen around Richard the Lionheart time. Um, it just fitted a nice story of, you know, Prince John trying to take the crown. He's back in England, and although Robin Hood 
technically is an outlaw when King Richard returns he is no longer an outlaw because he's fought for King Richard the whole time it, it gives you a a very nice sense of the story that you know Robin Hood really is this good guy um, and is always going to fight on the side of good and this is where the story actually turns a little bit more sinister so the first ballads of Robin Hood well one of the first ballads was it was written a, around 1250 so as you can see the time period uh sorry 12 yeah 1250 so that the time period pre uh it, it exists a long time after Richard the 1st so it does give you a sense of possibly it could have been around that time but more than likely it was around the the 13th century and this is one of the first ones and it says live and listen gentlemen that be of freebore bode i shall tell you of a goad yeoman his name is robin hood so a yeoman at this time was basically a man who lived outside of the law they lived on their own sort of a a loner almost and you know it these as you can hear just from that that that's the first paragraph I'm not going to go into all of them cuz you know these are sort of 200 300 paragraphs long these stories but um by all means have a google of them yourself they are they are quite interesting especially if you understand old english but like i said a, a yeoman is a freeman they they're someone who lives by themselves and and they they do what they want to do almost almost like an outlaw although it's not necessarily calling him an outlaw in this instance and a lot of the stories that you know go back this this time frame they they do mention um people such as little john who is very very common uh, much the miller's son is also mentioned um there is no mention of friar tuck in any of these stories there is no mention of maid marion in any of these stories so like I said, with the old style um, rhyming sort of poems and stories of Robin Hood, there there is no real, you know, mention to the the common story that people are aware of. You know, some of these stories um, that you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. One one of the stories um, basically talks about how Robin Hood and his band of merry men would sit at the side of a road. Uh, they would wait for um sort of normally it was priests uh, they would wait for priests to come down the road and they would invite the priests to dinner and bring them over invite them to dinner and when they came to dinner he would then charge them for the dinner and if they didn't have the money to pay then he'd kill them that was that was the stories not nine times out of ten they had the money um and that's what they did they took they took these men and they killed the priest and a lot of these priests came from St Mary's Abbey in York this is where a lot of the story is based around York and Yorkshire um, and it does bode to the idea that Robin Hood potentially was originally not from Nottingham and that he would have been a Yorkshireman because the distance between um Yorkshire and Sheffield uh, sorry and Nottingham is is a fair journey um for him to be in two places at once again throws up a few questions or also throws in the question that maybe 
Robin Hood was a legend amongst more than one person. So again, there's a lot of questions about Robin Hood and to whether the stories are accurate. But like I said, we'll, we'll go back to these stories, and and this is this was the basis of the story that Much and Little John would bring the priests over for dinner, and then they would rob them. Now, I'm sure most uh, most Yorkshiremen won't mind me saying this, but if Robin Hood was from Yorkshire, he certainly didn't give the money back, um, and that is a stereotype. Um, but it's one that I think Yorkshire people do quite like. To be fair, they are renowned for being tight with money uh, so I can't imagine a Yorkshireman robbing from the rich and giving to anyone other than himself um, and again like I said I hope that no one's taken offence to that because uh, I've got friends from Yorkshire and they all say the same thing that you know they're quite tight with money so that's not me me saying it that's uh, that's a stereotype um, but like I said and, and you know some of these stories they go on to quite a lot of detail um, there is a story of one of Robin Hood's sidekicks or one of his merry men being from the Abbey in York, from St. Mary's Abbey. Um, there's another story that says um, that when they were attempting to rob uh, an, a monk, they actually ended up inviting a knight to, to dinner. Um, when they asked the knight to pay for his dinner, he turned around and said, I literally don't have any money. Um, I owe this abbey in york i owe saint mary's abbey 400 pounds now i mean that that's millions millions in this day it's not not just pennies um and you know they said oh, you know we owe this money to to the to the church and if i don't pay it they're they're going to take all my lands and everything they're going to take everything i own and the story goes that robin hood gave the knight 400 pounds and little john and much escorted the knight to St Mary's Abbey to pay the monks and when the monks left St Mary's Abbey they just happened to go down the same road that Robin Hood was inviting people to dinner on and he invited the monk to dinner and ended up taking £800 back off the monk so the knight had his, his money paid for him and Robin Hood was £400 richer so these are some of the the earlier stories um you know there, there are stories about him and the sheriff of nottingham uh where he's got into a fight and he's ended up killing the sheriff and cutting his head off and um, these are things that aren't really shown in the the common stories or the the newer stories of of robin hood so there is a lot to it but the big question that has baffled historians for years and years and years and that is if it wasn't set in Richard the Lionheart's time, it wasn't set in the 1100s. Was it set in the 1300s? Oh, sorry, in the 1200s or 1300s? Was it set in 13th or 14th century? Was it even just completely made up? If it wasn't made up, who is Robin Hood? You know, is there anybody in historical records that fit the? the right man you know is there anybody who comes across in historical texts as someone who could be robin hood is there someone who comes across with the name robin hood is there you know there's so many questions that historians have have been 
baffled about and it's something that has been researched quite recently and like I said the reason a lot of people and a lot of historians stay away from this subject is because you never really know if it's real or not and you know if you make your your mind up to talking about something that potentially isn't real as a as a historian you open yourself up to a bit of ridicule it's almost like a scientist talking about bigfoot um now i'm not suggesting that scientists don't talk about it but realistically they're going to be laughed at in their field it's that sort of a you know you don't really look into it however there has been a group of of men uh, men and women historians who have looked into this and we shall give you now just some of the options that robin hood could have been and you know at the end i'll give you my opinion and you can give me your opinion whatever you guys think you think who it might have been so what we'll do we'll start to talk about the first one and that is the man named robert hood from yorkshire and the re- he is mentioned rough or the, the first real mention of a robin hood type character is 1377 so you're talking about something that's happened a long you know nearly 700 years ago now with that being the mention the 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 historians have really narrowed it down to um king edward um and the reason they've done that is the story fits the king edward time frame now obviously when you've got that first mention in 1377 and a mention of king edward there are actually only three kings between you know between that time frame there are only three edwards and we have had eight king edwards in this country but you're talking about edward the first edward the second or edward the third and that is because they fit the time frame of around the early 1200s when the first mention of robin hood is mentioned uh or a not necessarily robin hood himself but robin hood or the story the ballads and the real story that we know today which is around the 1300s and that takes us up to 1377 when the first ever mention of a robin hood and a king is actually mentioned so this is where the story sort of really takes flight and this is where yorkshire has excuse me where yorkshire has its real claim to the story of robin hood and not nottingham so this is where we're looking at now around that sort of 1300 period another major sort of reason that we think that robin hood wasn't around in richard the lionheart's time is that robin hood what he's most famous for the the most famous thing when anyone thinks of robin hood the first thing that comes to mind is the bow and arrow the longbow and the longbow was really not that common and that popular around the 12th century around the the 1100s when richard the lionheart was king and it became a lot more popular in the later centuries and it certainly took off around the 14th century of the early 1300s and the reason for that is it actually became compulsory in england for every child from seven years and upwards to practice on a sunday every single able-bodied man had to practice a longbow every single week and that is why 
British archers basically became the best in the world, and that's why our archery was unrivaled by any country in any type of warfare. We had the best bowmen because it was ingrained into our society. So realistically, Robin Hood can't have been around the 1100s because the longbow didn't become a you know a formidable weapon for another 200 years and when we look at the kings so like i said we've got edward the first edward the second and edward the third when we look at the kings how many of these kings would actually have come face to face with an outlaw and the historians looked at that and the only king that actually could have potentially came face to face with an outlaw in the north of england was edward the second and that was around the, th- the early 1300s around 1330 1333 and that is because edward the second did a tour of england um and quelled an uprising in pontefract which is guess what in yorkshire so this is where the story of the yorkshireman really sort of kicks in because you know we now have um a lot more evidence to support the fact that that this is this is the right man the lord of pontefract was actually a lancashire man believe it or not in yorkshire um and he had uh, a rebellion that was going on um and he basically put his own bid in for the throne and by the time they left pontefract castle king edward crushed the rebellion you know almost straight away now anybody who followed um in you know in the in the rebellion was classed as an outlaw almost straight away so it is possible that robin hood in this instance fought in the rebellion was escaped and then was branded as an outlaw very simple very easy way to become an outlaw um and again it fits the historical background and historians now had um, a lot more to go on when they were looking at these ballads and they looked into the archives and the medieval archives which are you know very very hard to understand and decipher Um, and it did take them a bit of time but they came across a man living in Wakefield now Wakefield is in Yorkshire he was living with his wife Matilda and his name was Robert Hood he was part of uh, he, you know, he was known as an outlaw. Um, he was known as, um, well, not not necessarily. He wasn't known as an outlaw. He was known as um, a supporter of the Lancastrian rebellion. He lived in the right time frame. He lived in the right village, and he had the right name. To make things more interesting, Matilda, which was his wife, is actually the real name of Marion. So. Marion is a nickname or was an old style nickname for Matilda so again gives a little bit of credence to the later stories when they're talking about Maid Marion so Robert Hood from Yorkshire lived at the right time he had the probably a good use of a bow because like I said at this time it was compulsory he had a wife with a similar name or, or potentially the right name and he was around in the right area of the country to be what historians believe the real Robin Hood. There is another suspect who is is called Robin Hood. So this is another one that they found. And he actually worked for the king. 
Now he worked for the king in uh, 1323 and he worked for Edward II and he worked for him for around 12 months and then he left the service because he was bored and he went back home. Now there are a lot of ballads that suggest that Robin Hood actually worked for the king at a certain time. So we don't know much about this man and there is that potential that this Robin Hood and Robert Hood of Wakefield are the same man. We don't know that because realistically this is medieval history. Not everything was documented but they could be separate men. Robin Hood could be the man who worked for the king and then left and then became a rebel uh, and then you know or he could be a rebel that was originally a rebel and then bent a knee to the king which again does share a lot of similarities because a lot of the stories do portray Robin Hood as the hero so if he's potentially worked for the king then you know this hero story kind of goes with it and the reason people were so happy almost to accept these stories like I said you know some of these were quite brutal he's killing monks he's beheading the sheriff of Nottingham um, again there's no historical evidence to suggest these these are just ballads these are songs and stories that have gone through the ages before they've been written down but when you look back at history and it's something I will cover and it is the great Catholic Reformation by Martin Luther um, and it is something that I I'm very interested in covering. Um, I've covered it for university as well, so it is something that is very very good. Um, and that is the like I said, the Reformation. And the reason, one of the reasons that the Reformed Church happened across the globe was because people could see how greedy the church were at this time. You know, the church was a an an establishment that really didn't look after people um, like they were supposed to they didn't feed the people like they were supposed to they just took money 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 and the only people that benefited from it were the church and this is one of, like I said this is one of the reasons why the reformation actually happened um, and this is something that like I said, is a very very completely different subject to go on to so I am sort of digressing a little bit but you know it is very interesting and it's it, you can almost understand why the people were siding with this ruthless thug really because that's you know that's how he's portrayed in the early ballads he's portrayed as a thug um you know just goes around killing people so it, it does give you a reason why he becomes this sort of local hero almost there's a little bit more evidence that supports this story in the sense that um like i said right from the from the start he is linked to little john or uh, and you know obviously little john is very famous as part of the robin hood story and there are there is evidence to link a man a criminal to this time frame uh, in a town called beverly and also in Wakefield so Beverly is not far from Wakefield and Wakefield is obviously where this Robert Hood apparently exists and he was arrested under the name John the Little so you know very very similar um, 
you know, Robert Hood, Robin Hood. Uh, Rob Robin was actually a nickname for Robert. So you're starting to get this picture that Robin Hood actually didn't come from Nottingham. He was from Yorkshire, and he was around sort of 200 years after Richard the Lionheart. So the original story, or the story that you're told, is not the original story of Robin Hood. Added to that, there is a very famous member of the Merry Men, which is Will Scarlet. Now, when they looked back through historical records, they found a man who matches the sim- a very, very similar name, which is Will Scaflock. And the reason that name is so prominent is he was a monk. And guess where he was a monk from? He was a monk from St. Mary's in York. He left the church because of he because of the greed and the you know the problems that were going on in the church. So again, the link is there. A man who's left the church is an outlaw. Little John is a convicted criminal. He's an outlaw. Robert Hood, part of the Lancastrian Rebellion, is an outlaw. All these people fit around the same time, around the same stories, and around the same dates they all fit the right characters that we know today but in a very very different context and it also goes to show why in these early ballads robin hood seems to really hate saint mary's in york he's got a man who you know who's with him who also hates saint mary's of york and is linked to saint mary's of york the legend of robin hood also says where he died and it's said that he died in a nunnery where and he was surrounded or not surrounded but he was accompanied by family again you're not sure whether to believe this or whether you want to believe this but there is a nunnery where it is said robin hood died and it dates, like I say, once he left the king's service, he's suggested to have gone and lived in the woods for around 20 to 22 years. Now, this dates to around 1340 to 1345. And the nunnery where he is supposedly have died is where he went to be bled. Now, this is a medieval practice where they would get rid of bad blood from you. And, you know, that would make you better. Obviously, we know more now. That doesn't work. But um, this leads, you know, to leeches and things like that. This is where all that came from. But in this instance, um, he was bled and the nun betrayed Robin and left him to bleed to die. And the woman who is in charge of the nunnery at this time or the nun that betrays him was a woman in this time frame in, in around the 1340s was a woman named Elizabeth Stanton and she is the cousin of Matilda of Wakefield who is wife of Robin Hood or Robert Hood so we don't know that this is right like I said there's you know it's open to interpretation you can believe the story that has come since then which is Robert Hood the and his band of merry men from Nottingham there is evidence of a Robin Hood who lived in Nottingham. Um, there is evidence of one who lived in Lee. Um, 
or Loxley, sorry, not Lee, uh, one who lived in Loxley. Now, Loxley is actually in Surrey. So, again, there's evidence of this man living in Surrey, which is south of London, uh, sorry, south, way south of London, but south England, southern England. Um, and there's evidence of a man living there as well. Again, an outlaw fits the description, fits the time frame, fits the right date, and is Robin of Loxley. Again, fits the modern version. So there is the potential that, you know, there's three real candidates. There is the Robin Hood that we know in the stories, the Robin Hood that's been adapted and changed over time. There is the Robert Hood, or Robin Robin Robert Hood, from Loxley, who is a minor noble, and this again, he was a minor noble who lost his lands and he won them back. Uh, you know, he fought for his lands, and that's why he was an outlaw. And again, he was known as Robin of Loxley. So, although Loxley, not the one that you would associate with Nottingham, it's in Surrey, but again, he fits the right name, he fits the right story. You've got Robert Hood as the man in Yorkshire who was married to Matilda who fits the story perfectly however is he the same man that was in the king's service or is that a different robin hood or is the story of robin hood really just a collection of what people were thinking at the time see this is the other option these are ballads these are stories these were passed down from generation to generation these were minstrels and people who were entertaining in pubs and they would sing stories of Robin Hood um, and if you listen to the original ballads they all rhyme it's all rhyming so you know it's not you know it's not factual evidence this is poems that people have written and sung about for generations you know realistically how long is a ballad sung before someone writes it down could be one generation could be two could be three could be even longer you know, just because it was written down in the 1300s doesn't actually mean that it dates from the 1300s. It could date from two, maybe even 300 years before that. And it's something that has been sung for hundreds of years. There is no evidence for that. You know, there is a lot of reasons why the story was changed. It's changed to make it more fashionable, for starters. Uh, in the same way that in the Elizabethan era they changed the story of Richard III to make Richard III this evil character who, you know, was hunched backed and ugly and, you know, realistically that was stretching the truth. It's it's that Elizabethan era, you know, the Tudor times was really when things started to stretch because they we were able to make things better for the people they were allowed to make it more entertaining you know it sort of became quite an entertaining thing the story of robin hood was interesting and they were needed to make it entertaining for the masses so you can understand why it was adapted um you know another reason why i decided to do this episode was believe it or not i sat down and watched the Disney version of Robin Hood with the kids and they asked me was Robin Hood real and I said no of course he wasn't real it's uh, just a story um, so I did a bit of digging and turns out potentially yes he was he was very real um, whether he's from 
Sherwood Forest or Nottingham is yet to be believed. You know, if you actually look at a map of the UK, there are a lot of places that are Robin Hood orientated. There's Robin Hood's Well, Robin Hood's Forest. Uh, Doncaster even has an airport called Robin Hood Airport, which I always found really strange. I always used to say, well, why is Robin Hood Airport in Doncaster, which is in Yorkshire? Um, why why is it there? You know, that's stupid. He's not from Yorkshire. He's from Nottingham. Turns out, potentially, he was from Yorkshire, which makes sense why the airport's there. Um, but again, you know, there's a lot of things in Yorkshire that actually are Robin Hood named and apparently the first thing to be named in Nottingham, uh, Robin Hood, whatever, was in the 1700s. So they're jumping on the bandwagon pretty late here. Um, you know, as far as the story goes, I think it made it sensible to put the Sheriff of Nottingham and put Robin Hood in Nottingham. Now, the Sheriff of Nottingham was a title that the actual Sheriff of Nottingham um, had jurisdiction all over the country he could travel wherever he wanted uh, he was able to travel to Yorkshire he he definitely was in Yorkshire spent time there um, so again the historical reasoning for it, it makes more sense to put Robin Hood in Nottingham if the sheriff is called the sheriff of Nottingham makes more sense strictly it's not true so this whole thing with Robin Hood, the reason I was a bit reluctant to do it was because, is it a myth or is it true? Now, this is where, you know, being a history podcast, you I have to be careful because as much as I wanted to do this, I had to do my research and I had to had to at least have some historical facts behind this rather than doing a complete myth because you know I could do a massive thing on Greek mythology for example um, but I wouldn't really be able to cover things like the Minotaur or Medusa or things like that I would have to cover the people who wrote that because it's a different genre and I wanted to be a bit careful with this um, turns out there's a hell of a lot of historical facts about Robin Hood or Robert Hood or Robin of Loxley or whatever his name was you know is it is it all true you know you don't know the the problem with history is you cannot especially things like ballads you cannot take them as historical fact because they're songs you wouldn't take a song today as historical fact um you know there are a lot of weird songs out there which i'm sure you'll all agree um that doesn't mean they're historically factual you know so you cannot really use them as as evidence however when the ballads match the people that match the places it's very hard to argue that it's not historically accurate um however you know that's something you you would always be able to argue that point in any form of of arguments whether that be an essay whether that be a debate whether that be anything you know you can always argue that realistically the evidence 
is not trustworthy in this case. So, what do you believe? Do you believe it's a fact? Do you believe what I've just told you? Do you believe that this Robert Hood of Wakefield is the man? Do you believe that, actually, no, there is a Robin Hood that dates a similar time who is from Nottingham, who again fits the bill, is an outlaw? Um, Could it have been him? Could it have been this Robin, Robin of Loxley, who is from Surrey in South London, who again fits the bill? And he fits a little bit more to the modern story that we're aware of, because he was a higher born uh, who was taken off his pedestal and sent out as a, you know, an, an, an outlaw and demoted from his, his hierarchy that he had, fits the story a little bit nicer. Or. Is the story of Robin Hood just an amalgamation of all of these put together to create this legendary figure who never actually existed and historians are just clutching at straws to you know to to put a name or a face to a legend that's a potential you know there is that potential that people people don't you know he he never existed Robert Hood could be quite a common name. Hood is, you know, it's not a an unheard of surname. Robert is not an uncommon name. You know, there is that potential that, realistically, Robin Hood did never exist, and this whole thing was created as for the the poorer people to sort of stand there and go, "Now, do you know what? We're not happy." It was a uh, a cry for for help, a cry for the poorer generations of people to actually believe in something believe there is some good in the world and that somebody standing up to the tyranny of the church and you know does could that could that be true could that be that it's just a story that was created for for people but it does definitely raise a few questions uh, i do definitely think that it doesn't it, the 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 story we know of you know obviously being set in the 1100s and around the crusades and richard the 1st and th- it, that story doesn't match doesn't match the time frame to me the biggest piece of evidence with that is the longbow uh, robin hood is famous for the longbow that's where he wins his wife's heart because he wins her at a tournament and the story goes that you know all of this stories every single thing that we know about robin hood centers on that longbow and you know the 1100s yeah it existed but it wasn't it wasn't a a master weapon like it was in the 1300s and it certainly wasn't compulsory people weren't i wouldn't have thought i've got no historical evidence to back this up but I wouldn't have thought people were as good with a bow and arrow in the 1100s as they would be in the 1300s. And that is due to the fact that as time progresses, people get better with better equipment. So again, no historical facts to that, but realistically, I'd like to see someone prove me wrong Um, because the weapons got more advanced over the next 200 years. It then became compulsory to practice over the next 200 years. People were better with them. So that's just a standard thing. It does make you wonder, though. And I do think it is a an interesting story. And I do think it's something that's for me, was a little bit more fun. 
um, something that's a little bit different, especially compared to you know certain things that we're doing on this show. Um, you know, it's quite nice to do something that could be history, could not be history. You know, it depends how you how you look at this episode. So, um, but like I said, I've really enjoyed this episode. I have really enjoyed doing what I've done. Um, I do hope you guys have enjoyed it. Uh, we have the next Patreon episode going out this week, which is The War of the Roses Part 4, and possibly the most famous uh, most famous part of all. It involves Henry Tudor. So for those of you who are interested in Henry V, Henry Tudor, and the start of the Tudor dynasty, get yourselves over to Patreon, um, and you'll have that episode by the end of this week. So that should be should be quite a good one. I'm looking forward to doing that episode. There is a lot of information to get out on that one. Uh, once we've done that, we have a, a special episode coming up with my father, which I have mentioned before. There's been a lot of call for my dad to come back on. So, you know, I think like I'm getting outrun here on my podcast. I'm getting outclassed by my father. But that's not a problem. Uh, he wants to cover possibly one of the most famous battles in British history and that is 1805 and the Battle of Trafalgar so what I will be doing the week before that episode comes out uh, we're not sure when we can get that one out because obviously he lives in London I live in Grimsby so we're not sure when we can actually get that one out together but we will get that done the week before that one comes out I shall be covering Vice Admiral Horatio Nelson from birth all the way up to the Battle of Trafalgar so that we don't cover the Battle of Trafalgar that will be covered with my dad so that will be an episode when you see that episode come out you know that it will be the next week will be the Battle of Trafalgar so keep your ears posted for that keep your eyes posted for that Uh, do hope you've enjoyed this episode today like I said I have enjoyed it give me some feedback get yourselves on Facebook we're getting a massive following now on Facebook uh near i think we're we're near 150 to 200 people at the moment love that absolutely love that the more people the merrier get yourselves in get yourselves on the group and have a guess well like i said we'll have next week's show coming out to you next week and you know for the time being guys enjoy your week enjoy your weekends uh stay safe i know it's a, a bit of a weird one at the moment especially in this country when it comes to uh to lockdown and is it lockdown are we not lockdown i mean jesus christ our government doesn't know if they're coming or going and i don't know what it's like around the rest of the world because i don't watch the news i refuse to watch the news because it's all depressing and it's all sad and i don't believe a word of it personally but that's my personal opinion um but yeah hope you're all uh, at least everyone's staying safe I, I do hope that and i hope that i can provide you with at least 45 minutes to an hour's entertainment every week that's my plan as long as i can do that i know i'm doing a good job so like i said guys get yourselves on facebook drop us a message if there is anything you want to hear if you have any requests let me know i do have a a list of things that i am going to cover i have had a request for the British Revolution, uh, sorry, I'm lying to you all, the American Revolution from the British perspective. That's a very strange one. Uh, I am still researching that because that is quite a hard, long episode. Um, I possibly will be covering something 
similar to that next week, um, which is a little bit north of your border in America. Uh, something that Canadians are probably brought up with knowing. So if you have got any Canadian fans, um, I'm assuming you guys are already on our Facebook group. If you're not, get yourselves over there and I guarantee you'll get this week's one. So thank you for listening, guys. Just remember, we all have history. Make yours great. Bye-bye. When you love riding a motorcycle, you want to ride it everywhere, even getting a dental checkup. Mr. Carter, wouldn't you prefer the chair? I'm fine on my bike, Doc. Well, let me know if you feel any discomfort. And when you love saving money, you want to save even more. That's why GEICO makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance. All done, Mr. Carter. Remember to brush, floss, and lubricate your drive chain regularly. Kickstart your savings with GEICO Motorcycle. Bundle and save on the things you love. Bundling car and renter's insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? Look for the signs. Chances are they live in a home and have a car. They use money and enjoy having more of it. They probably drink lots of lemonade. Mmm, lemonade. And they've probably said something suspicious like, I'm bundling with GEICO or stop spying on me with those binoculars. If so, you may want to ask them how easy it was to bundle with GEICO. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. Bundling car and renter's insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? Look for the signs. Chances are they live in a home and have a car. They use money and enjoy having more of it. They probably drink lots of lemonade. Mmm, lemonade. And they've probably said something suspicious like, I'm bundling with Geico or stop spying on me with those binoculars. If so, you may want to ask them how easy it was to bundle with Geico. Bundling is easy with Geico. Just ask your neighbors.